It's the Sunday Showcase on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Welcome back to Mutual Presents. I'm Jack Ward with my navigator, Penny the Cat. And we're here taking a trip through the solar system with a double feature from Mutual Presents, 2000 Plus. If you remember last time, 2000 Plus was the first science fiction anthology on radio. Mutual Broadcasting had always come up with brilliant and innovative programming, and this sci-fi series was just one of those gems. So let's head into hyperspace and enjoy our features, When the Worlds Met and the Brooklyn Brain. send our imaginations forward into time, into the years beyond 2000 A.D. What strange adventures, what exciting things will we find in the world of tomorrow? 2000 Plus. Today, an adventure of outer space, when the worlds met. It is the year 2000 plus 20. At the giant spaceport in Washington, D.C., temporary capital of the Federated World Government, an enormous throng, tense with expectancy, jams every available inch of space surrounding the rocket landing field. All eyes strain upward into the clear blue sky. For today is the day, April 21st, 2000 plus 20. And audio and televox networks of the world are at the rocket field to cover the epic event. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is the day, the day we've all been waiting for. In a matter of minutes now, out of that brilliant blue sky will come a ship, a spaceship, carrying in its gleaming hold the first load of uranium taken from the pits of Luna, satellite of Earth. Since the beginning of time... Now, one moment, folks. There's a signal from the tower. This may be it. Take it away, Fred. This is Fred Haskins reporting from the control tower. Our escort planes have been in contact with the spaceship from Luna for the past 12 minutes. Uh, they are now approaching the field from the northeast, and any moment now we can expect to see... And there she is, the, the rocket ship Kronos, 17 hours out of Luna City. Her magnesium hull white hot from the friction of the atmosphere. Her jet brakes belching fire. She's, she's right over the field now. She's coming down. 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 Mark well this date, my friends. This is the dawn of the interplanetary age. Earth calling moon. Earth calling moon. Come 
in Luna City. Luna City, Johnny Dixon. Dixon, where you been? You're three minutes late. Sorry, McCabe. All shipments as scheduled, everything routine. Report noted. Check out. Check out. You know, Johnny... What, Paul? Sometimes I think we're crazy. <laughs> Spending our lives cooped up in this pressurized shell, breathing synthetic air, risking our nets every time we put on a space suit and go out into the cold, barren, pitted piece of green cheese. Huh. And for what? Who are you kidding, Paul? You know the answer. We're space happy. That's all that's wrong with us. Huh. We pulled every wire and practically tore the World Federation apart getting this assignment on the moon. And we'll do it again when the first flight into deep space gets underway... Next month, the next year, whenever they get through with their preparations. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's it. But right now, Johnny, what I wouldn't give to see a tree again. And cornfields in Kansas. Me, I want to hear a bird sing. And watch the lights go on in the skyscrapers along the waterfront. I want to dance with my girl and breathe in the sweet smell of lilac. Boy, if I... What's that? Huh? That, that, that sound, that vibration, it... There, do you hear it? Well, I... I'm not sure whether I heard or or felt it, Johnny. It's like a current of air passing by me. Yeah, that's it. Some kind of pulsation. Makes my, my skin tingle. Like... Listen. Sounded different, didn't it? Yeah, a different pitch. The the instruments are all steady. Nothing on the visit screen. The radar's negative. What is it, Johnny? Where's it from? It's not from Earth, I'll swear to that. I got a crazy notion, Paula. A crazy notion that someone's trying to signal us. You, you mean... I don't know what I mean. Well, maybe McCabe's right. Maybe I got a touch of... Johnny. Johnny, what is it? Look. Look, Paul. Look at the direction finder. It swung all the way around. Those sounds, those waves are coming from outer space. I've got a call. Earth calling Luna City. Earth calling Luna City. Luna City to Earth. Go ahead, Earth. Go ahead, McCabe. Dixon, what's going on up there? What's the idea of beaming out those hammy signals? Signals? Yeah, the harp effect. The music of the sphere stuff. Giving our boys in the monitors down here the heebie-jeebies. You, you got them too, McCabe? You picked them up on Earth? Certainly. What's it all about? The signals, if that's what they are, are coming from one definite spot in outer space. Outer space? That's what I said. Johnny, get your space suit ready. Better have a conference about it. But listen... Have your men tune up rocket 307. Blast off at 0800. We'll be expecting you on Earth in the morning. Ten days now we've been getting those signals, and not one of you geniuses has been able to decipher them. Hey, well, Mr. McCabe, if you know of anyone who can do it better, then Take it better. easy, Professor Wolfson. You don't have to be so touchy. But ten days... What do you say, Dr. Lee? Ten days or ten years, it makes no difference. If those sounds or signals are code, it is in a language unknown to man. You sure of that? We've consulted the foremost cryptographists of the world. We've tried every way to break the code. What does that add up to? That message, if it is a message, does not come from anywhere on Earth or from any man on Earth. I told you, Chief. It's what I've been saying all along. Of course you can't decode those messages in any known language, living or dead. Because they come from Mars. Mars, I cannot be. Yes, Mars. My directional finder on the moon indicated it, and McCabe's down here pinned it down. Look at the graph. I brought it. Uh, directional signals can be wrong. Yes, sir, but get this. I've been timing those signals. They come at intervals of exactly 24 hours, 37 minutes, and 22 seconds. The length of the day on Mars. Yeah. And if we were trying to signal them, we'd do it, say, every night at 1800. 
That's what they're doing to us. In that case, the next signal is due In at... 10 the... minutes and 13 seconds. And we'll be sitting here like lummoxes, feeling our scalps tingle while the message drifts past us. Uh, gentlemen, excuse, please. But it seems to me the message need not necessarily drift past us. Why not? What do you mean? By the message, I do not mean the sounds or the words that are being transmitted. I refer to the thoughts themselves. The thoughts that perhaps are being transferred from the Martians to us. Thought transference? That's telepathy. We have discarded that word, Mr. Dixon. Too many charlatans use it. But we do know that there is extrasensory perception of thought impulses. Just as there are sound waves which your ear has learned to interpret and light waves which your eye and brain transform into a picture, so there are thought waves, electrical impulses discharged by the brain, which vary with the particular thought. An intriguing idea, Dr. Lee. If only we had some instrument that could pick up and sort out these impulses. There is such an instrument, Professor Wolfson. Why? I have been working on it for many years. It involves a scanning screen intercepting an electrified field. Well, what are we waiting for? You understand, the telepathator has only been tested for short distances. The signals are reaching us. That's the only important thing, isn't it? How soon can we... The instrument is in the next room. I took the liberty of bringing it with me hoping it might conceivably be of some use. This way, gentlemen. Say, this little machine can take thoughts and turn them into words we can hear? English words? Not only English, Mr. McKeep. It will translate thought impulses into any language for which you set the dials. You think of something, Mr. Dixon. Now, listen. First, I said for French. Et pardon, les Chinois. German. Wonderful, these are Chinesen. And English. Darn clever, these Chinese. <laughs> you must understand... Oh, excuse me, Dr. Lee, but we'll have to postpone this. Fifteen seconds to go. Better set your dials for a remote pickup. Stand by, everyone. Nothing. More power. Well, it was a good try. Wait. I've got that feeling again. My, my, my skin's beginning to crawl. Yeah, yeah, mine too. No, no, it's just your imagination. Quiet! They are coming through now. Planet four, greeting planet three. This is Mars. The fourth planet from the sun, greeting planet three. Planet four, calling planet three. We are trying to reach you, planet three. If you receive our signal, respond. If you receive our signal, respond. We will communicate again. Life on Mars. This week, ladies and gentlemen, the question that has bedeviled mankind ever since the day he first stood erect and gazed into the heavens has been answered. There is life on Mars, intelligent, articulate life. The country, the world tonight seethes with excitement. Has Mars received our response? Has our telepathator succeeded in projecting as thoughts the messages spoken into it by human beings? Or can it merely receive the thoughts? <laughs> Smell of 
those lilacs, Terry. Mm. I'll never get enough of it. Oh, it's lovely, Johnny. And look, there's a moon out tonight. Moon? Oh, please. You know, it's hard to believe that back in 1950, people could still get romantic over that cold, dead, pockmarked, heavenly yo-yo. Oh, now, that red star up there, Mars, that's a different proposition. It's alive. There are living beings up there. Johnny, it's staggering. It's, it's beyond imagination. It's... Rubbish. Why shouldn't there be life up there? They're so advanced. Spaceships and interplanetary signals. Maybe you've got a point at that. We thought we were so smart because we reached the moon. Our spaceships aren't developed enough yet to get to Mars. It's just as well. What? Because you'd want to be the first to go. Wouldn't you like that? Hmm. I'd be quite a hero. You could point at my picture and say, Hey, that's my guy. You're my guy anyway, Johnny. Sure, Terry. But don't worry, honey. I, I won't be seeing any Martians for a long time. <laughs> Personnel, stand by. Stand by for XM signal. That'll be Mars. Hop to it, Johnny. Telepathator setting, 212 degrees, 18 seconds. Frequency, 600,000. Got that, Johnny? Check. Planet 4 calling Planet 3. Planet 4 calling Planet 3. We greet you in peace. Your response received. We got through it. The time has come. At this moment, which marks the beginning of the great interstellar age between worlds, it is fitting that there be between us a meeting of minds. Therefore, we are sending a ship to visit your planet. No, it can't be. The ship will depart tonight and enter your magnetic field in seven of our days. Have landing instructions ready. We come in peace. We come in peace. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Matt Wilson bringing you a report of the emergency session of the Federated World Government. Never has an assembly meeting taken place in such an atmosphere of excitement, panic, and recrimination. And here on the floor I of the assembly chamber, all the emotions aroused by the stunning message from Mars have been boiling and clashing all day. I rise for a point of information. As civilian head of the world military government, I want to know why those Martians have beaten us to the draw. Gentlemen, gentlemen. If the decision we are to make is to be a wise one, we must lay aside passions and fears and consider the question calmly. The Martians are coming, and we must receive them either with friendship or hostility. Drive them off! Blast them out of the sky! That, that may not be as simple as it sounds. Remember, my friends, these Martians are advanced scientifically, perhaps far beyond us, they have conquered deep space. They can transmit thought waves. They may have weapons beside which our nuclear bombs are as toy pistols. Dr. Lee is right, gentlemen. We don't dare fight them off. The risk is too great. They come in peace. They've said so over and over again. Let us so receive them. Here, here, here. Very well, very well. 
If such is the will of this body, let them come in peace. But as civilian head of the world military government, I assure you all, we will not be found napping. Earth calling Martian interstellar ships. Earth calling Martian interstellar ships. Here are the landing instructions of the Federated World Government. Three Earth days from this hour, which will be the sixth Martian day of your flight through space, you will be met by an escort of 20 rocket ships. We will greet you in the name of peace. The 20 rocket ships will escort you... Instructions to Commission of Defense. All escort rocket ships assigned to accompany Martian spaceship will carry the following armaments. Death fog sprays, magnetic disintegrators, atomic missiles class B... All weapons shall be on the... And upon your entry into the Earth's atmosphere, you will circle our globe once and then make landing at our spaceport at Los Alamos, New Mexico, which will be ready to receive you. The spaceport of Los Alamos shall be mined to a depth of 50 feet with tritonium landmines. The field shall be encircled with radioactive flamethrowers and a reserve force. From the landing field, you will be conducted to the seat of the world government at Washington, D.C., where you will be received and housed in suitable accommodations. We will welcome you in peace. Check out. We will welcome you in peace. We hope. Suitable accommodations. Trust McCabe to hand me a crackpot assignment like this. Oh, Johnny, you're the big face man. <laughs> you're supposed to know by instinct what's suitable accommodation for a Martian. Don't be silly, Terry. I haven't the slightest notion in the world what they'll look like except some crazy ideas I picked up from science fiction. I don't know why... All they're... right, all right. That's why we're here. The head of our anthropology section has more ideas than any science fiction writer you've ever read. Now, here we are. Ah, Terry, come in. Hello, Professor. Uh, this is Mr. Dixon, the young man I told you about. I know Mr. Dixon. Professor, I've got a problem. Yeah, yeah, me... Terry and I have discussed the problem. It is my theory that the Martians will, in most important respects, have the characteristics of uh, the Earth man. Oh, what's the basis of your theory, Professor? It's very simple. <clears throat> the accomplishments of the Martians parallel our own. Only a being with opposable thumbs can fashion the intricate devices necessary for spaceships. Only a being with a nervous system like our own could master communication. Only a creature with a brain like ours could dream of peace. Makes sense, Professor. Uh, that's one side of it, Johnny. A lot of other anthropologists think differently. Ah, uh, yeah, that is so. They feel that the Martians living on a dry planet with little vegetation and very little water will be creatures that crawl on the ground like our insects, enlarged a few thousand times. They may look like enormous ants with oversized antennae. No, I give up. With 48 hours left, I can't prepare accommodations for every conceivable form of life. I'll just have to improvise after they get here. I just hope they don't get too sick when they first look at us. <laughs> Thank you.
This is Matt Wilson again, reporting from the spaceport at Los Alamos. A tremendous crowd is gathered here. We're awaiting the appearance of the spaceship from Mars, which is being escorted by 20 rocket ships from the rendezvous near the moon. According to reports, all's gone well so far. The Martian ship... Oh, one moment, please. An audio announcement is going to be made to the people assembled. Your attention, please. The ship from Mars and its escorts will be seen any moment from the east. You heard that. Any moment, a ship from Mars and... What? There they are! They're coming in! The land and rocket ship first! And now, the ship from Mars! The Martian ship is idling over the field now, casting a huge shadow over the landscape. It's an awe-inspiring spectacle. The ship is tremendous. 18 to 20 stories in height, several city blocks long, and its large windows are fashioned of some kind of transparent metal. Civilian commander to Special Defense Patrol, man battle stations. Our technical experts are staring at the craft in open-mouthed wonder. Mr. McCabe, Mr. McCabe, what, what is your reaction? I... I am dumbfounded. The ship doesn't seem to operate on a rocket principle. There's... there's no belching fire, no clouds of smoke. I keep wondering what kind of fuel they use, what principles of propulsion, and what, what, what metals. Thank you, sir. The ship is almost touching the ground now, and the crowd is getting uneasy. Why, they're, they're falling back, as though, as though there was something. I, I see it now. Why, it's a blue haze misting about the Martian ship, forming a 20-foot blanket of whatever it is. Commander, Defense Patrol, zero hour. Reorient all weapons. Remove safety controls. Stand by to fire. The Secretary of the World Federation is going to speak. As your great ship settles on our soil, we salute you, the emissaries of space. We wait eagerly for your appearance. Now, the blue mist has completely vanished. All eyes are on the ship, waiting for the first Martian to appear. There is no sign of activity yet. Will you respond to our greetings, Martians? Will you make your presence known? Nothing stirring. No gangplank lowered. No sign of life. Perhaps they were not prepared for atmospheric conditions here. Perhaps on the very brink of success, death has struck within that awe-inspiring vessel. What a, wait, wait, it looks... Yes, yes, it's moving. A tremendous section of the ship's prow is opening out in front. Like a gigantic tongue. It thrusts forward and drops to earth, forming a great ramp from the ship to our soil. And now it's down, and the surface of the ramp, the surface of the ramp is like nothing ever seen on this earth. A shimmering, impalpable iridescence, unbelievably radiant and beautiful. The throng of spectators are silent, motionless, scarcely breathing, waiting to see the first Martian emerge. And still, nothing. No one, no thing comes down the ramp. There is... Nothing but silence. Listen, that must be the Martian communication vibrations we were told about. Then men on the field are operating the receiving device. And... Earthmen, we ask that you send one representative to board our craft. We assure his safety. Gentlemen, gentlemen, there is no cause for alarm. I think there is. They want a hostage or a specimen to take back with them. There's no time for wrangling. They're waiting for a decision. Mr. Secretary. Yes, Mr. McCain. If it's all right with the committee, I'd like to go aboard. 
Technical information, sir. No. Quiet, Charlie. This is my dish for cave. I was slated for the space run to Mars, remember? They're not doing me out of this. Besides, you're too valuable to waste. Mr. Secretary, tell them I'm coming aboard. Men of Mars, we comply with your request. Our representative is about to board your ship. Johnny Dixon. This is it. Take a good long look at the sun in the sky. Take a deep breath of the Earth's good air. You may never get another after you meet whatever is waiting at the end of this long ramp. The ramp? It, it's pulling me forward like a conveyor belt. It's beginning to rise into the air. Get a move on, Johnny. Get into that ship. Get into that ship fast. Made it. In. Now what? There's no one here. Nothing except that dancing light. I'll follow it. Enter, Earthman. Huh? Well, how can I? I? I'm closed in by four solid walls. Follow the light, Earthman. The walls will not impede you. Molecular reorientation? Changing the density of solid matter at will? We achieved that 10,000 cycles ago, Earthman. Where are you, man of Mars? This room is flooded with light, but I, I see no one. We are not ready to reveal ourselves. The people of Earth are waiting to see you, to welcome you. There is nothing to fear. We are not afraid. Dixon. You know my name. We know many things. That is why we are sad, filled with revulsion. I, I don't understand. What do you mean? Through the dark spaceways we came to you in peace. You said to us, come in peace. But the escorts you sent to honor us were armed for destruction. The very ground on which we now rest seethes with radioactive potential. Wait! You've misunderstood us. These weapons are for defense against you, not attack. Many cycles ago, we of Mars learned, as you Earthmen will someday learn, that wars are fought, men are slaughtered, civilizations wiped out by those who attack with weapons of defense. But our world is at peace now. Your peace is not peace. It is a thin cloak which covers the hates and fears and savagery of primitive beings. Observe, Dixon. On this large visit screen, we have for hours been viewing your people in many parts of your Earth. Watch. The Senator. Listen. I warned you it was a trap. We'll never again see Dixon alive. I told you not to trust foreigners. Just give me the word and I'll blast them all into Kingdom Come. You must not be deceived. He's only one man. The rest of us are different. Are you? Look at this. From another part of your civilized Earth. You have been a traitor to our party. You've been guilty of bourgeois thinking. You have sold us out to the enemies of our people. You will pay the penalty. 
first you will confess. Confess? Confess? That's a backward part of our planet. It, it's not fair to judge by them. Then we reveal a more civilized area. The country of your birth, Dixon. No, no, no! The law be damned! Crowd, too good for us! Hang him, I say, hang him! The rope! Stream him up from the highest tree in the square! Lynch him! Lynch him! Lynch him! Now you know why we shall not reveal ourselves to you. If you are like this to these of your own kind, what will you think? What will you do when you see us strange as we are? Don't go. We know you may be different from us, but we can all meet in peace. Earthman, Peace must be achieved through toil and sacrifice of those few among you who understand its meaning. It may take many cycles, but in the end, the day will arrive. Then, and then only, we will return. Go back to your people, man of Earth, and give them the message from Mars. This has been 2000 Plus. Excitingly dramatic stories of the future. These are events that you will never witness. Adventures into the world of tomorrow. Tune in again next week at the same time for another thrilling story. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio Service.
program recorded? No. It's transcribed. Joe? <laughs> All I got to say about Joe is he really is a smart guy. It takes a smart guy to be that stupid. 2,000 plus science fiction adventures from the world of tomorrow, the years beyond 2000 A.D. 2000 plus presents the Brooklyn Brain. I want to thank you for a very nice evening. The pleasure was all mine, Clarice. I'd have you come up only if after 12 and pause asleep. That's all right. Well, good night, Joe. Uh, Clarice? Yeah, Joe. You had a good time, huh? I mean, really. Good night, Joe. Oh, well, wait a minute, Clarice. I, I... I got something to ask you. No. No what? No kiss. I gave you one in the helicopter bus. I am not distributing my favors with largesse. Boy, you certainly know big words. <laughs> it's because I try to give myself culture. Every day in the facsimile newspapers, I do the crossword puzzle. Well, sure, Clarice. I, I think that's fine, only I, I... I got something to ask you. I told... That isn't what I mean. Something else? Clarice, will you marry me? I mean, that is... Will you? This is so sudden. She I've known you three years. That ain't so sudden. Well, a, a girl likes to get proposals, but matrimony. Oh, it's a very important thing. It it should not be entered into lightly. I got a good job, a good future. It isn't that, Joe. What isn't that? I mean, oh, like they say in psychology. I don't know what you're talking about, Clarice. That's what I mean, Joe. You don't understand things like psychology. I always read the Handy Hints for Mental Health column. It's written by a psychologist. From such pursuits, I have learned that culture is what counts in life or marriage. The partners have to have a, a mental affinity for each other. Mental? Take Sam Witzenberg. He knows about music. Or Fred Daniels. He knows about art. Or, or take Harry Lester. He knows economics. He knows economics? I had a loan of $5. What has money got to do with it? Huh? Joe, leave us not quarrel. Yeah, but I was... You have paid me a very high honor by asking me to be your wife. But I can't say yes. Oh, you mean... On the other hand, I didn't say no. <laughs> I, uh, I can't pretend I don't like you, Joe. You're basically a nice boy... Only if... Oh, if you'd only get some culture. Learn about things so we could have something to discuss, to talk about. Art? Music? Economics? Or similar high-class subjects. Joe, see what you can do. Okay, Clarice. I'll... I'll try. And then I'll let you know. Sure. And... Joe. Yeah? In light of the circumstances, I, uh, I rescind my previous refusal. What does that mean? It means you can have a good night kiss.
you ready, Carl? Yes, Professor. Now, remember, after I throw the switch, it will take several seconds for the accumulator to build up. When the red light on the control panel flashes, you throw your contact lever. I understand. Oh, all right. Uh, all right. One, two, three. It's working, Professor. It's working. Good, good. Excellent. Uh, try it again. Wonderful, wonderful. All right, Carl. Turn it off. Now, I've checked every dial, every meter as the machine was running. And they all coordinated precisely. Then it will work on a human being. Are you sure enough to let me try it on you? Uh, well, uh, it isn't that, Professor. It's just that uh, you kind of need me to help you run the machine. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, I, I understand, Carl. And, and since I am the inventor, it would also be foolish for me to volunteer to be the first human guinea pig. Uh, well, obviously, we need, we need someone else to try it on. And that's right, Professor. Imagine. Eleven years' work. Here is a machine that takes a tape recording of a human voice reading facts, figures, anything, and transforms it from sound waves into electrical waves. Then, through electrodes attached to a human head, charging that brain with the wave so that automatically the person getting the electrical shock has information charged into his memory. It will be a boon to education. Oh. People won't have to go to school anymore. Your brainwave machine will just... Charge their brains with anything they want to know. <laughs> Thank you. Well, there's a lot of experimenting we have yet to do, but uh, so far as we can know up to this moment, the machine should work, uh, I hope. Now, uh, whom are you going to try it on? Oh, yes, whom? Well, we'll, uh, we'll run an ad. We'll try to find someone, not too bright, but uh, someone we can try to transform into a mental giant. Hello. Yes, sir, this is Joe. We sent him six dozen boxes like he ordered. Ten-day billing. Yes, Charlotte, ten to it right away. Flora, take the letter. The boss ain't got a check from St. Louis, and he's mad. It doesn't pay to be mad. It's not good for customer relations. To whom is the letter going? Uh, dear sir, uh... Dear sir, who? Aren't you feeling well? Gosh, I don't know, Flora. I guess my mind ain't on my work. Where is it? I'm going to Clarice's Thursday night for dinner. She's your girl. It should make you happy. Be happy. But she's having Sam Witzenberg for dinner, too, and he's got culture. You got a job. Flory, you're a smart girl. You know how to find things in the files. Tell me, how do I learn about things? How do I get culture? Study. How much time have I got? Thursday is three days from now. What can I learn in that time? Not culture. That's what I mean. I'm licked before I start. I have a teacher. That's expensive. So stay a bachelor. 
But I don't want to. Oh, look. Look, here's a newspaper. I'll turn to the educational section. Let me see. Here it is. Here it is. French. Well, I'm French. What would I do with French? What do you do with culture after you get married? Look, I, I I'm don't... only trying to be helpful. Go on, Flora. What else is there? Uh, how to hypnotize in nine easy lessons. Hey, that's interesting. If you learn how to hypnotize, I don't work for you anymore. Oh, let's see, what's this? Be a mechanic. Learn the soul of a machine. Soul of a machine? <laughs> Crazy. Oh, here's another ad. Uh, well, what does it say? Let me see. If you would like to learn any subject in the world without effort and are willing to volunteer for a scientific experiment, write to Box 1934, the facsimile times. Hey, I don't like that volunteer for scientific experiment part. But it also says if you would like to learn any subject in the world without effort. Do you, do you think I should write them? All you lose is a stamp. Use a company stamp, you'll lose nothing. Okay. So since I'll never get culture just wishing for it, take a letter. Dear sir. We starting that again? Dear sir, who? Dear sir, box 1934, the facsimile times. In response to your advertisement, permit me to say that I would very much like... <laughs> Carl, uh, have you read these letters from people who want to volunteer for our machine? All six of them. Do you think it's wise to take people of such mentality? Well, it would be a good test for the machine. Yes, but uh, almost any change would be an improvement for them, judging from the letters. Whatever else may be said, Professor, the people who wrote those letters are human beings. Yes, I suppose so. And we need a human being to test with. After all, so far, the only living thing we have used was a dog. Ah, but the dog lived. It proves the machine's electrical charge in the head does not kill. The charge doesn't kill, but does it force knowledge into the brain? We beamed a recording of the Einstein theory into the dog. But the dog can't talk. What good is it to him? But, Carl, doesn't it give you satisfaction to know that because of our invention... There is one dog in this city who actually knows the Einstein theory. Did any dog know the theory before our invention? No. All right. So we have reason to believe the machine will work. That is why we are looking for a human being, just to be sure. But um, which one of these letters, uh, which one of these people shall we take? Well, whichever one has the greatest need for knowledge. They all need it. Yes, but I mean, uh, whichever one believes he needs it most, that person will have an incentive to cooperate with us. I see. Well, in that case, this one. Flora, look. I got a letter. They selected me. Congratulations. It says here, please choose your subjects. Art. Music, economics, that's for me. You should also add another subject. How to get St. Louis to pay its bill. That ain't culture. Who says the lady's garment business is culture? 
Gosh, Flora, you know what I mean. Like Clarice says, there's more to living than just having a job. You ever try living without a job? Art, music, economics. I'll show Sam Whitsonburg he's not the only one who knows those things. I'll show Clarice, too. Should I call the number on this letter and make an appointment for you? Would you, Flora? Gee, thanks a lot. Okay. Hello? I'm calling for Mr. Joe Martin. You sent him a letter about... Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. He'd like an appointment. Today? Oh, Joe, is today all right? The sooner the better. Mr. Martin is in conference now, but I believe it could be arranged. Yes. Uh, art, music, economics. No, no, you pick one for today. To him, it makes no difference. Yeah. Thank you. Well? Here's your dress. After 12 o'clock today, you'll have culture. Mr. Martin, if you'll just lie down here on this surgical table. Surgical table? Uh, I didn't come for an operation. I came for an education. Oh, and you shall get one, my boy. You shall get one. <laughs> After today, you'll be an expert on art. <laughs> you know, painting and sculpture and all that sort of thing. Uh, lie down, please. Uh, what are you going to do? Well, you see, Mr. Martin, you have brain waves. I have? Everybody has. You see, the brain gives off power. That's why. Now, what we do, uh, well, to describe it simply, is play a recording of some subject you want to learn. Now, the sound waves are transformed into electrical waves and are charged into your brain. The result is, you have the knowledge impressed into your mind. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? I just remembered I got another appointment. Oh, no, 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 Mr. No, no, no. Martin, in your letter you said you wanted to show your girl that you could uh, learn things, be smart, get culture? Uh... Where did I put my head? Here or there? Uh, your head up here, your feet down there. <laughs> splendid, splendid. Now, uh, Carl, attach the electrodes to his head, will you? Yes, Professor. Oh, will it hide? You will never know what hit you. I mean, no, not at all, not at all. Just uh, relax, Mr. Martin. Everything is ready, Professor. All right, Carl. One, two... Three. Now, now, now. It's just warming up, Mr. Martin. Don't be so nervous. No, sir. Shall I start the recording now? In, in one moment. Uh, you see, Mr. Martin, Carl will start the recording that he dictated this morning, and then I'll charge the knowledge into your brain. <laughs> you see? Begin the recording. Yes, Professor. Among the new school of paintings which have excited modern critics and which are likely to have a profound effect upon future interpretive forms, the new circular school of impressionistic painting is outstanding. Now, for the charge. Employing vibrant... How is he, Professor? Is he all right? Oh, he's a little glassy-eyed. Maybe we'd better stop the experiment. Uh, no, no, no. We, we, we'll try it once more. Only speed up the recording so we can charge his brain more quickly. All right, if you say so. Here goes. Coordinate relationships which stimulate the senses and excite the imagination. 
The circular school manages to get around traditional obstacles of comprehensibility. Among the leading exponents of the circular school of impressionistic painting, Degaro and Martinelli are... Now, the charge. Another school which has managed to retain... That's enough. That's enough, Carl. Uh, shut up the equipment. He, uh, is alive, isn't he? I, uh, I think so. Uh, Mr. Martin. Mr. Martin. Uh, uh, wake uh, up, Mr. Martin. He's uh, coming to. What? Oh, what happened? Oh, is, is it over? Yes, that's all for today. And I, and I got culture? So far as we know, everything seemed to work. I got a headache, too. Would you like a glass of water? No, I... I think I'd better go now. I gotta get back to work. So, so long, fellas. Professor, should we have let him go like that? Uh, let's uh, look out of the window. Ah, there he is. Hmm. Just came out of the door onto the street. He's a little wobbly. Maybe a cop will think he's drunk. Uh, frankly, I'm a little worried about him. I wonder if the experiment really worked. I'm worried about him, too. Because even if the experiment did work, we speeded the record up so fast. Good heavens, Professor, what if he ends up talking like Donald Duck? You play the piano so beautifully. Sam Witzenberg is not known as the Beethoven of Brooklyn for nothing. I know exactly what you mean. When Myrtle Baker said you look like a bum, you never got a haircut, I said it's because you're artistic. Not getting a haircut, I mean. Oh, excuse me, there's the doorbell. More company? It's probably Joe. That peasant. Now, Sam, don't you and Joe start anything. Hello, Clarice. Come in, Joe. Nice party. I hope you like it, Joe. Clarice, have you made up your mind yet? Uh, made up my mind? You know, Clarice, about us. Uh, Joe, this is not the place to pursue that question. Well, I just thought that maybe if you... <laughs> I, I don't know yet, Joe. Uh, come into the party. Sure, Clarice. Well, 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 if it isn't Joe. How are you, Joe? Hello, Sam. Sam was playing the piano. Yeah, I heard. Read any good books lately, Joe? Well, we're taking inventory at the store, and I, I've been kind of busy. Yeah, Joe works very hard. A hard head? You gotta work hard, eh, Joe? The only reason you got a soft head is you got so much hair on it, it's like a mattress. But, uh, Clarice says it's artistic. Clarice says... Did... Did you say that? Well, I... Joe, I... I meant he, he looks like an artist. Artist wear long hair. And, uh, speaking of artists, Joe, what do you think of the new circular school of impressionistic painting? Well, I... Do you I, think I... the dynamism of the blues is more effective than the interpretive qualities of the vibrant yellows? Well, the, the real... <laughs> Sure, Joe. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Uh, by the way, Clarice, 
Uh, how about you and I go to the Arts Institute tomorrow afternoon? Oh, that's very nice, Sam. Joe. Joe, what's the matter? Sure. Sure, go with him to the Art Institute. Maybe he'll get a job. They'll use him as a hammer to dust the paintings with. Joe. Y you want to know what I think about the new circular school of impressionistic paintings? I'll tell you. I think the brushwork of Daguerre is infinitely superior to the technique of Martinelli, but that the interpretive approach of both of them is immature. Joe. You're so smart, Sam Whitsonberg. Let me ask you a few questions. Why does Gregory Thompson, the British Impressionist, conceive all legendary characters in his paintings as cubistic? Why? Well, it's because, uh... It's because, uh... Because, uh... Because, uh... Why, Sam? I don't know. Sam! You don't know? You don't know they're cubistic because Thompson is a cubist and not a circular school at all? You didn't know that, huh? But I... You're a blockhead. So you of all people should know a cubist. Now, let me tell you something else. The important news in art circles is the recrudescence of 19th century painting with particular emphasis on the portraits of that period. In fact, I think I will go myself tomorrow to the Art Institute and just look at that 19th century stuff. Would you like to come, Clarice? Joe. Okay. Now, uh... Oh... Oh, we, we can't go tomorrow. It's Friday. I got to finish inventory. Oh, that's all right, Joe. We'll go Saturday. Anytime you say, Joe. Okay. But you only go with me to the Art Institute, you understand? Oh, yes, Joe. So, uh, what are you going to do tomorrow, Sam? I, uh, I think I'll get a haircut. From morning's work. <laughs> Where's that the file from St. Louis? You feeling all right, Mr. Martin? Great. Like a million dollars. All from culture? Flora, you should have been there. I was so smart, the words were so big, even I couldn't understand what I was saying. That's some education you got. Science is wonderful. Imagine those professors doing what they did to me. They shoot me full of brain waves. One minute I'm a dope, and the next minute I'm an expert on... Um, uh... Art? Music? Economics? Which one is it? I... I don't remember. That's not good. Let me think. Sam was there. Art. It, it must have been about art because... Because tomorrow I'm taking Clarice to the Art Institute. If you're going there, you really must have said something. I know, but, but I can't remember what it was. Flora, ask me some questions. Maybe it'll come back to me. Why do you like pictures? I don't know. Yesterday I saw a picture in a magazine. Looked like four soapboxes in the junkyard. It was called Sunset in Hawaii. The magazine said it was a cubist picture. Does that make sense to you? No. Couldn't you explain it even if you couldn't understand what you were saying? No. You need another shot in the head. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Flora, call the professors and make me another appointment. 
I, I got to take Clarice to the Art Institute tomorrow. And I can't remember anything at all. Now, 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 Mr. Martin, please don't be so nervous. Just answer my questions. But she's my girl. I'm, I'm finally making progress, and this has to happen. Yes, um, Carl, put on the recording again. Let Mr. Martin hear it. Yes, sir. No obstacle to comprehensibility. Among the leading exponents of the circular school of impressionistic painting, Daguerre and Martinelli are perhaps best known. Another school which has managed to retain some influence on contemporary trends, despite the vigorous onslaught of the impressionists, is that group best exemplified by the work of Gregory Thompson, who's an impressionist? There, now, you remember that, don't you? I don't remember it, and I don't understand it. But we charged your brain with that information. You charged it, you try to collect it. I don't know where it is. Um, Carl, I'd like to talk to you alone for a moment. Excuse us, Mr. Martin. Yeah, yeah, sure. You're, uh, you're sure the machine worked properly when we experimented on him? When I dismantled the machine this morning, everything was perfect. But what could have happened? Apparently, it makes only a brief impression on the brain, about 24 to 36 hours. Oh, that's terrible. What's terrible about it? At least we're on the right track. In a year or two, we'll perfect it so people can remember all the time. People! People can learn things even if we don't perfect the machine. But what I most regret is there's no longer a dog in the whole world who knows the Einstein theory. Well... I'm, uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Martin, but obviously the experiment wasn't as successful as we had hoped it would be. Well, then give it to me again. Professor, I just gotta know about art. I'm taking Clarice to the Institute tomorrow. Couldn't you take her to a movie instead? But, but I'm not afraid anymore. Put those things on my head again. Give me a million volts. I like it, I like well, it. Well, I'm, I'm afraid that's impossible. You see, we dismantled the machine. Huh? We're moving it to a laboratory upstate. It will take at least a month until we put it together again. A, a month? But tomorrow... I'm sorry, Mr. Martin. Clarice won't marry me now. Hello, Joe. You're right on time for our trip to the Institute. Oh, I'm so excited. Come in, Joe. Hello, Clarice. We'll see all the pictures and you'll explain them to me, won't you, Joe? Clarice, there's, there's something I want to tell you. Yes, Joe. It's, it's about my culture. About what I said about art the other day. Oh, Joe, you were wonderful. I thought Sam Witzenberger dropped dead. You know what? After you left, he said you knew more about art than anybody he ever knew. He said that? And you were so masterful when you told him you were taking me to the Institute. I... I was? Oh, Joe. Joe, I got something to tell you. You have? I made up my mind. Joe, don't you understand? I made up my mind. I accept your proposal. You mean you... You marry me? That's right, Joe. You got culture. We'll have a mental affinity. Clarice, listen... Let's get married right away, today. Let's not even go to the Art Institute. Oh, but Joe... I'll take a leave of absence. We'll go away on a honeymoon for a month. 
A month? A whole month. And then when we get back, then we got time for culture. I promise you, after one month, I will absolutely be charged with culture. Oh, Joe, this is so sudden and so romantic. Oh, but, but I don't have a truce, so I need clothes. Look, look, I work in the ladies' garment business. I'll go to the store. I'll get you all the clothes you need. <sighs> Only let's get married and not go to the art institute. Oh, Joe, you're so smart. You think of everything. I do? I'll bet you even know the Einstein theory. Next week, 2000 Plus presents a thrilling melodrama of adventure and terror. Be sure to listen. 2000 Plus is produced by Dreyer and Winolson Productions, Incorporated. In today's cast, Bryna Rayburn portrayed Clarice and Flora, Gilbert Mack was Joe, William Keane was Sam, and Mercer McLeod was the professor. The orchestra was conducted by Emerson Buckley. Music composed by Elliot Jacoby. Sound, Walt Shaver and Adrian Penner. Engineer, Ed Formica. This is Ken Marvin speaking. program came from New York. And that's this week's Mutual Presents feature. The Mutual Audio Network brings the best of old-time radio and modern audio theater to the world. Be sure to subscribe through the Mutual Audio Network podcast feed, any of our podcast days, or the Mutual YouTube channel, which includes MadCon and many other extra features and shows. See you all next time at Mutual Presents. Good night. Now, you seem to me to be a connoisseur of the best of radio drama. In which case, make sure you're subscribed to the Monday Matinee Feed. There we have our weekly series of dramatic, theatrical, classic, eclectic and live radio drama. So yeah, either the main Mutual Audio Network feed for all types and genres of audio drama, or the Monday Matinee. And we'll see you there. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.